get a bit nervous, even, even. People tell me I hang my feet off the edge of here. I don't notice it. You'll all look at my feet now. But uh, wasn't that the cutest thing? Stevie was unbelievably cute, looking for grandparents. Oh, there, hello, I'm here. Something else is going on, but I'm on the stage. I love it. I love it. How good was Awakened Youth? I got emotional. Let's give him a hand. Can you guys stand up that we're in that? Stand up if you were in that this morning. Give him a big hand. Thank you. Taran's probably out with the kids, is he? Is Taran out with the kids? Taran, the original young person of this church. She was the, the creative design around it all. Just outstanding. I got emotional because they put in an effort to honour God. Isn't that incredible? So let's give the Lord a hand. Let's give the band a hand as they go. Thank you, guys. Judd, you have a voice made for radio, man. So smooth. So smooth. And the Lord said, I can't even get as deep as you talking normally. That was incredible. Who's excited for Christmas? Give me a big wave. Great. Tell me who has shopping left to go. Give me a wave. Tell me who's done no shopping. Wow. Who, give me, keep, keep your hand up if you've done no shopping. Keep your hand up if you intend to do no shopping. I see that hand. I see that hand. My people. We'll have a group meeting afterwards. We'll start a club. All of our Christmas shopping is done by my beautiful wife, April. She's incredible. She even tells me what she wants. She'll arrange it for me. She'll wrap it for me. She'll give it back to me to give to her on the day. It's a brilliant thing. My kids are aware they wake up every morning. Dad, is there new presents under the tree? Ask your mother. Let's have a look together. I've found my one. I'm getting those. I know what I'm getting. Just saying I know what I'm getting. But Christmas to me, I absolutely love Christmas time. I think of my family gathering together. I remember one year we've got... Um, does everybody has to go through the, it's my side of the family and then some people have to drive to the other side of the family and then Boxing Day might be something else and, and Christmas Eve might be something else. And it's really rushed, but I love it because I love being around my family. I like making an effort to be around them. And my, this year for Christmas Day, it's at my parents' house in Lara in Geelong and they get a big table that runs down the middle of the house and everybody sits around it. And every few years, it ends up at their house. And uh, this hasn't changed. I still remember the, the fun that we have. We play cricket as a family. I remember one year, um, th there's a lot of young guys in this room that will be able to relate to that right now. Has anybody ever played drums at the table using like a knife and fork and you're using the, the light, the glass, tink, 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 tink. Like, has anybody ever been there? Now, I am one that you may find hard to believe I get carried away. I know that might be surprising. I remember one year we were at my parents' house. It was about, I was 16 years old, so 15 years ago. And I was in the middle and I was going for it and I hit a bottle of raspberry drink. And I hit it quite hard and I still remember a drop flying from that bottle and I can remember it was like my whole world went into slow motion and my brother who had just unwrapped and put on a brand new plain white New York t-shirt, New York Knicks and I could see the raspberry floating there and I remember it landing on his shirt. And in front of the whole family, he stood up from the table and he goes, Charles, you fool! 
Now, in front of my whole family, I looked down the table. And in my heart was, I'm so sorry. But do you know what came out of my mouth? <laughs> and he pushed the table. And he went into the backyard. And my older cousin and my dad followed him. And they walked past me like, Charles, you've done it again. Now, to me, it was a very funny Christmas memory. It's been 15 years. Last year, my brother finally started laughing about it. But Christmas time is a time of fun for me. It's a time of family, laughing, Christmas carols, going to carols by candlelight, eating, then sleeping, and then eating again, and then eating what's left over. Can I get an amen? And then looking at it a few days later and going, when did that become borderline? For me, it's always the next day, but other people push it further than that. But it's all about, for me, family coming together. But you know, not everybody feels that way. Do you know, for some people, Christmas time might be tougher this year. It may be harder because it could be your first Christmas without a job. It could be your first Christmas without a loved one being present on that day. You see, everybody is on a different journey. Many, many different people with many, many different situations. So whether Christmas be a time of joy and fun and laughter for you, the person sitting next to you or in front of you or around you, it might be a time of stress. It might be a time of challenge, of disharmony. Everybody is in a different situation. But this morning, I want to talk about one truth That we all have in common. See, the opening video that you saw today when you were coming in, uh, the media piece was about Emmanuel. Then the production from the youth, Mary, did you know, talking about that baby once again, Emmanuel. Then we saw a beautiful nativity scene of the kids based around Jesus Christ, that little baby boy. Emmanuel. You see, one thing we can have in common this Christmas is the fact that because of that baby, I'll get my first slide up. You are not alone. God is with us. God is with us. Can we pray? Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you that we're here today. I pray, Lord God, that you would speak to us all. Lord, my heart And my prayer for today is that everybody would walk away knowing no matter what they face this Christmas, they can walk out these doors today knowing that you are with them. That you gave up your son who was most precious to you and that he was born that baby in a manger. That is God with us. In Jesus' name. Amen. So if you guys want to turn in your Bibles, if you have them this morning, if you don't, that's okay. Just want to set a little bit of background. I'm going to be talking out of a verse in Matthew chapter 1 about Jesus Christ, who the writer is writing about. It's 23 and 24. But in Isaiah chapter 7 is where the name Emmanuel is first mentioned by a prophet named Isaiah. 
Now, what's happening in the context of this story is there's a king. His name is King Ahaz. And he has disobeyed God. What a surprise, an Old Testament story where they haven't had trust. What happened is King Ahaz is stressing out because there's all these armies that are coming to to get him. So what he does is he goes to a neighbouring country, Assyria, and says, hey, there's great strength with them. I'm going to align myself with them for protection. But the prophet is saying, God will protect you. He's saying, God will, in fact, Look after you. All you need to do, have faith in him. But what happens is the king says, I, I'm not going to put my faith. I'm not going to put God to test. I've got a practical means over here. And then what happens is the prophet begins to declare that, you know, no matter the, the height or the depth, that God would, would be with them. And that their God's presence would be with them, Emmanuel. And he begins to prophesy. So I want to read that to you just quickly. Isaiah chapter 7, 10 to 17 says this. Then the Lord spoke again to Ahaz, saying, Ask for something special to see from the Lord your God. Ask for it to be as deep as the place of the dead and as high as the heavens. So no matter how big it is, whether it is as deep as the place of hell or high as the heaven, no matter how big, you ask God. But Ahaz said, I will not ask, I will not test the Lord. Then Isaiah said, Listen now, O people of David. Is it too small a thing that you, to test men, that you would test my God as well? So the Lord himself will give you a special thing to see. A young woman who has never had a man will give birth to a son. She will give him the name Emmanuel. He will eat milk and honey and when he knows enough, to have nothing to do with wrongdoing and chooses good. For before the boy knows to turn away from what is bad and choose good, the land whose the two kings you are afraid of will be left empty. See, what was happening there is, is something incredible. There is a doctrine called census plenial, which is when an Old Testament prophet is prophesying into a current situation And in hindsight, we didn't even realise, he didn't realise at the time. But at the same time he's prophesying into one situation, he's actually prophesying about the Messiah to come. So it's a double-folded, double-meaning prophecy that that's going on. At one stage he's saying what's going to happen is that the disobedience and what's happened in your world is there'll be a child that will be born. And that child will be born. And by the time that child is old enough to pick right from wrong, those lands, those nations will be destroyed. But little did he know, at the same time, God was using him to prophesy into the deliverer that would come. The Messiah, God in human form, God as a human, fully human, but still God would come, Emmanuel. He prophesied our Saviour our Messiah. And in Matthew chapter 1, we begin to see that unfold. I just found that so interesting that God, who loves you and wants to be with you, when you look at that situation with the prophecy, was not only concerned about where they were right then and there, but also where they would end up. You see, God gave everything so that we could have the opportunity to be in relationship with him, God with us. So in Matthew chapter 1, 
He's writing this book and what he's declaring in there is saying that baby that's in the manger is the guy that they talked about in Isaiah. That is God's presence with us. He is God, the Messiah, the Emmanuel, God with us. You see, this morning, my heart is that you would leave with the understanding that God is with you that God is for you and that he gave up his only son so that you can leave this place knowing no matter what you face in this season, God is with you in it. Let's read Matthew chapter 1, 18 to 25. The birth of Jesus Christ was like this. Mary, his mother, had been promised in marriage to Joseph. Before they were married, it was learned that she was to have a baby by the Holy Spirit. Joseph was her promised husband. He was a good man and did not want to make it hard for Mary in front of people. He thought it would be good to break the promised marriage without people knowing it. While he was thinking about this, an angel of the Lord came to him in a dream. The angel said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to make Mary as your wife. She is to become a mother by the Holy Spirit. A son will be born to her and you will give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. This happened as the Lord said it would happen through the early preacher. This is Isaiah. He said, the young woman who has never had a man will give birth to a son. They will give him the name Emmanuel. This means God with us. Joseph awoke from his sleep. He did what the angel of the Lord told him to do. He took Mary as his wife, but he did not have her as a husband, as a wife, until she gave birth to the son. Joseph gave him the name Jesus. At that moment, through the Holy Spirit, it had been revealed to Matthew, and he was declaring that Jesus Christ, that baby, was in fact Emmanuel. God with us. God with us. This morning, I want you to know that child grew into a man, lived a sinless life, died on a cross and rose again so that we could have God's presence in our life eternally. So I want to show you today and talk about three ways we know we're not alone. The next one, if you could put up the slide, thanks, Jack, is this. He lived for you. In Matthew chapter 20, 27 to 29, this is what it says. And whoever wants to be first must be a slave. Just as the Son of Man, talking about Jesus, did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. The whole reason why this baby was born was not about himself. It was about you. You see, God so desired for you not to be alone, but for him to have relationship with you and to be in your life, that he gave up his son with a purpose to come here, to serve and to give his life up as a ransom for us, for me, for you. 
How can you say you're alone? When a person and their sole purpose is here was to live for you, was to serve God and serve us and to give his life up for the ransom of many. That's a servant. You know, I go to a cafe in this local area and I find the staff incredible. They go out of their way to come and say hello. Uh, they shake your hand. Now, initially, I must admit, I'm a friendly guy, but even that's a little bit awkward, eh? But the thing is, time after time I've been, they've remained consistent. They've been genuinely asking questions. Then there's this one guy in particular that would go out of his way Every time, shake my hand, how's your family? Uh, I take them there on a Monday, that's when April and I, we do our little date. We go there with Lila and we have a coffee and they spoil us. And many, many visits later, I realised that the guy that went out of his way the most is actually the owner of the cafe. You see, he was the biggest servant of them all, so his staff were like that. A real servant was Jesus Christ, the greatest servant he lived a whole life dedicated to your purpose, which was to make a way for us to be in right standing with God. He gave it all up, dying on the cross and raising again. So if ever you go through this season and you begin to find it hard, or you go through this season and you're feeling incredibly blessed, no matter where you are on the scale, remember this, you walk in freedom because that baby lived a life, Emmanuel, for you. You see, who he was, was who he became. Who he was, was who he became. I've got a friend of mine, his name is Justin Winkler. I've grown up with him my entire life. This guy has always been about food. Always. They're, everything on Instagram is about food. He's got this video on Instagram where he's doing a selfie and he throws a piece of toast over his shoulder. It flies across the room and lands in the toaster. You should try that. It took me two hours and 45 minutes before I got it once. But according to Instagram, first time, baby. But what happened is then the next thing you see him on Instagram, he's about cutting paper-thin cucumber. Like, I mean paper-thin or sharp knives. That's who he is. He's a foodie. Would it be a surprise what I told you what he's become? He's a chef. You see, because who he was was who he became. That baby was born, Emmanuel, God with us. That's who he was. He was born God's presence with us and he became our saviour. He lived a life blemish-free, so that he could make a way for you and for me. He lived for you. You are not alone this Christmas. Second thing is that he loves you. Many people in this room would have heard this scripture before. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. That whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. 
Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already because they have not believed in the name of God, God's one and only Son. You're not alone this Christmas because God loves you. He loves you. I looked at all of those parents along the front. I had a giggle. It's like you always got to wait for that one present parent to come before they will come did you notice that took a little while pastor greg because you know you all want to be that parent but you don't want to be that parent but it's your love for your children can you imagine the cost to give away your son at a hope that we as we live our lives would choose him it wasn't guaranteed but god gave up his son at a chance that we would choose through Christ to be in relationship with him. You see, God loves you sacrificially. Some of you may have heard me tell this story before, but I read this on a wall at St. John of God Hospital. It was an article. I don't know where it took place, but for me, this was the greatest example that I have ever been able to put the parallel with God's love. It's about two twins. They're four years old. There's a boy and there's a girl. And the little boy goes into kidney failure, renal failure. He's dying. So the parents look everywhere for a match, knowing that potentially the best fit is his sister, but she's so young and she's so little. And if there was another way, they wanted to investigate it as quick as possible. So they went investigating and no one was suitable. There were many different reasons. So they end up landing on the only way they can save their son's life is if their daughter is willing to give a kidney. So the mum goes up to the daughter she has a conversation with her and she says, Dal, your brother can't live without his kidney. Would you give him a kidney so he can live? She paused for a minute. She said, okay. So they got to work organising the day and eventually the day came for the operation, the big day. And they, they look at this little girl and she's completely agitated and she's holding her favourite little comfort doll. And the mum goes over to try and calm her down and console her. And she, she says to her, what, what, what's going on, honey? Are you okay? She says, oh, here, give this doll to my brother. Now, the mum seeing the doll goes, wow, why, why would you give your favourite toy to your brother? She goes, well, I don't need it anymore. She says, what do you mean? She says, well, you told me that you can't live without your kidney and I'm giving mine to my brother. She didn't realise she had two. She was willing to give up her life for her brother. How can you feel alone this Christmas when that baby was born for the purpose of giving his life up for you? So that we would have the opportunity through him to have God's presence in our life, Emmanuel. God is with us. Tegs, I might get you to come up. Third reason why you're not alone. 
Is he still here with you now in this room? In Matthew 28, 20, it reads this. And this is in Christ's great commission when he's sending them out into the world to say, go and share the good news that the world has through me. The good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Because I've lived this life, people can be set free and live in relationship with God, with my Father, with me. And what I love about verse 28 verse 20 is at the very start of the book of Matthew when Matthew's writing about this baby in a manger he says this is Emmanuel that Isaiah talked about the early preacher this is God's presence with us and then at the very end of Matthew Jesus says this teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you you ready and behold I am with you always to the ends of age. See, God went to be with the Father, leaving His presence, the Holy Spirit to be with us. Do you know, this Christmas, the greatest gift that we've received is His presence. God's presence is His best presence because it means that through Christ, we are in relationship with Him. He lived for you. He loves you. And He's still here with you. If we could close our eyes across this place this morning. I don't know if there's anybody here this morning. But maybe you do feel alone. Maybe Christmas is a hard time. Amidst the joy and the outer shell, eternally there's this loneliness. I wonder if there's anybody here this morning that maybe you actually haven't chosen to ask Jesus, God with us, to be a part of your life. The Bible is very clear. It talks about that we've all fallen short. We've all done something wrong, every one of us. No one misses out. And because we've done something wrong, it's separated us from God. We, 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 we are not in relationship with God. But because of that baby, the Bible says that if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that that baby lived a life that was blemish free, if you can believe it, that he died on a cross and on the third day he rose again and, and you confess that with your mouth and repent of what you've done wrong, the Bible says that God will be in your life. Now with every eye closed across this place this morning, is there anybody here that wants Jesus to be a part of their life. And if that's you, can you just quickly raise your hand while every eye is closed? Hallelujah. 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 Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you, Lord, that you are here in this place. Lord, those people that raised their hands this morning, I thank you, Lord, 
that you are with them. I thank you, Lord, that you live for them, that you love them, and that you will be in their lives. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Just invite the rest of the band to come up. I don't know if there's anybody else across this place this morning as we come to a close that needs strength this Christmas, that needs endurance, that needs God's peace. I just feel that there are a few people in this room that you are pondering already a particular individual that may cause some drama this Christmas. And I feel the Lord saying, gee, everyone looked at everybody else and everyone like, oh my gosh. <laughs> so clearly there's a few of us in this room. Why don't we stand together and pray for God to give us supernatural peace this Christmas, supernatural joy, knowing that God lived and died for us so that we could be free. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for everybody that's here. Lord, I thank you for those difficult situations. I pray, Lord God, that on reflection, after this Christmas has gone by, Lord, that there will be actions and conduct and wisdom that they will know, we will know that you have had your hand on it. I thank you there will be relationships restored this Christmas. I thank you, Lord God, that there will be families, uh, Lord God, united this Christmas. I thank you that families that are already united, Lord God, you will strengthen them. Lord, I thank you for those that are, Lord, facing Christmases, maybe for the first time without a loved one or, Lord, without a job. I thank you that you will have a greater presence in their Christmas this year, knowing you're in control, knowing that if you live for them, you love them so much, you will not let them go without. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Can we give the Lord a hand?